Hi guys and welcome to the second episode in this podcast. Today I'm joined with my sister-in-law Sophie. So Sophie is actually originally from America and she married my brother in October last year and then they moved to Barbados and have been living here ever since. So today she's going to be speaking about what it was like planning a wedding during the pandemic and also what it's been like moving from such a big country to such a little island and how she's adapted and adjusted to island life. So I hope that you guys enjoy. So I'm here with my sister-in-law Sophie. So Sophie, if you want to just give us a little background on you and where you're from and how that you ended up in Barbados. Sure. So yes, I am Sophie. Uh, I am originally from Flintstone, Georgia, uh, close to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm. Uh, I'm in Barbados now. I've been here since October last year, uh, and I'm here after I married Jacob. Excuse me, Jacob Sam's <laughs> Sam's brother. Um, and yeah, we've just we've been we've been, we got married early October, but we'd been together uh, for about yeah. five years before that. And how did you guys meet? Uh, so we met uh, on, on our gap year mm-hmm. when we were both eight, 18 in 2015. We went to Ecuador uh, on, a group, on a group trip with a gap year company mm-hmm. and we met in the Miami airport and we flew to Ecuador together. We were friends on that trip for the first month and then we started dating after that, uh, after like a, a, about a month into the two month trip. And we dated long distance for three years. How was that, by the way? I'm not sure it how was, that was. <laughs> it wasn't great, honestly. I mean, it, it had its, it, it definitely, it was all I'd ever known because I'd never yeah. dated anybody before Jacob. Mm-hmm. So I did, I had a lot of reservations going into it. I broke up with him before yeah. we left Ecuador because um, I had a lot of friends on that trip who were telling me like, if things go bad, it's like it's going to be so hard to like deal with things when you're so far apart and yeah. this, that, and the other thing. And I did, it got into my head and I was very worried about it. So I broke up with him. I called my mom. She <laughs> was she kind of got to me like, that's really stupid, Sophie. Do you like him? Do you want to spend time with him? Do you care about him and want him in your life? And I was like, well, yes, mom, of course I do. <laughs> Mothers and always know best. Don't she, they? It's yes. really annoying. <laughs> I know, I know, and she was right. So thankfully, Jacob was not that upset with me. Yeah. Uh, and when I told him, "Hey, I've made a huge mistake," he was like, "Yes, you did, but I am okay with that, and we Is can move forward." Is that what he said? Uh, he agreed with you on that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was very aware that I made a yeah. mistake, but he was very gracious about it, and he has never made fun of me for oh, that, which is sweet. Yeah, that is um, nice. But yeah, definitely. The, the longest we were ever apart when we were long distance was six months, and that was hellish. It was very, yeah. very difficult, especially, especially like what I found was when we got back together after three to six months separation, we definitely, it took us a little bit to kind of like get comfortable with each other yeah. again. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but we did kind of, we felt a little apart just yeah. because we had been apart for so long and we were so used to communicating over Skype or over the phone and things like that that when we were suddenly face to face with each other it felt just just off at first and then obviously yeah. the more like you know it wasn't two days we would spend with each other in person it was you know two to three weeks something like that yeah. and that helped make things a little bit easier 
Um, yeah, were you like, because I, I was in a long distance relationship mm-hmm. too, and whenever, because we'd obviously be talking all the time on the phone, and then when we did see each other, I was like so nervous. Mm. It was like like a stranger almost, even though I, I know he wasn't a stranger, but it was scary. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely, you know, it was, it, it, it was like kind of getting our feet back under ourselves. Mm. And then when we decided to move in with each other, it was originally we were trying to get Jacob to come to America mm-hmm. um, during and where he would it was it would have been for his third year of uni where instead of going to uni he would have done like a placement with a job company yeah job company is <laughs> <That's> all right <laughs> okay one of those things leave that in that yeah. makes sense <laughs> um, with with a company doing engineering as an intern yeah. um, for a mul- for multiple reasons it was difficult to make that happen coming from mm-hmm. an English university into America. Yeah. So when we realized that wasn't going to work, I said, okay, cool, I'll go to England. So yeah. um, I am also, Jacob is, and you as well, are both uh, dual citizens with England, and I am a dual citizen with England and America through my dad. So I was able to go over... With easily, yeah. Very no easily. Visa or I had, like I had um, a couple years before that, I had gotten my English passport so I didn't even like I already had that yeah. it was it was a very like it was an easy transition as far as like actually getting over there being mm-hmm. able to work and support myself and things like that um emotionally that was a, it was a hard transition because yeah. I suddenly your whole family well I left my whole family and then I realized I was like well I know that I love him and we had talked about before that like okay well this is it for us like we're going to get married it's just a matter of when what was that when did that come around in your relationship like how long into you that was sure of it and those conversations were coming up that was probably within the first year yeah um where I so we were both 18 to 19 um I said I love you to him first which he kind of resents me (laughs) he wanted to be the one to say it first but um he's a little bit more cautious than I am with kind of big things so I said I love you first and then that was within probably two or three months I I think the first time he came to visit me um which would have been like December of 2000 so right at like yeah two months after we started dating yeah um and then I knew yeah within Within the first six months to a year, I was like, okay, well, this is it for me. Like, yeah. I, I know that this is... And I was like, let's go ahead and get married. And he was like, I would love to, but I want to finish university first. Yeah. And I was like, why? That's... Like, let's just do it, man. And we're fine. We can make it work. And he was like, oh, my God, she's crazy. <laughs> no, he was, he, was, he was definitely... Like, we both knew what our... We both knew we wanted to get married and that yeah. we had a very similar plan as far as like where we wanted our lives to go like obviously winding up with each other um but he he was he was definitely like I want to finish my education and have and be able to you know support us in 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 some way and I was like well I can support us (laughs) it's okay Jacob and (laughs) please um but so when we when we moved in together we knew that we we knew that we were, we were we were still boyfriend girlfriend, but we knew that we were more than that yeah. to each other. But we had never lived together before. We the closest we had ever gotten was he had, you know, come to my house and lived, like with me and my parents. Um, well, and 
you know, it was almost kind of, it was, it always just felt like vacation. Like yeah. he, he, he was there for almost a whole summer, which was amazing. But we, like I was working and he, he did like little internships and volunteering opportunities and things like that. But it was, it was, you know, we didn't have a life to keep together. Yeah. We were still like, my parents were buying groceries. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, my life was, and his life as well, were both still very much supported by our parents. So when we, he lived in the dorms before going to university, I moved in with him at this, like right before the start of his third year. Um, but we'd never lived with each other. We had never really lived independently like that before where he had lived before in the dorms or in student housing, which is a very different yeah, kind of experience. vibe and yeah. experience than like really living on your own. Um, and it was hard. We had, we had a most of our most of the problems that I see f that we went through during that first like year of us living together were just because we didn't know how to be with each other in that way where yeah. we were juggling work and adult responsibilities and mm -hmm. a relationship and you know so just every every single complexity that comes with being an adult yeah. we were experiencing almost for the first time, but also with each other when we had never spent more than like, you know, since we had seri been seriously dating each other, we'd never spent more than a month together, I think, maybe a month and a half. Yeah. So it was a lot. And I did definitely go through, I went through a small period where I was like, I don't think this is going to work. Yeah. And my mom was like, well, you know, if you're, if you don't think it's going to work, follow that instinct, but also recognize that this is someone you know you care about and you know think of don't you know don't make rest as i yeah. am want to do don't make rash decisions <laughs> really think about what you know where you want your life what direction yeah. you want your life to go in which of course again moms are always right yeah they she are always right gave me some good direction yeah. on that and it's it's i guess because you were doing that all so young a lot of people mm -hmm. i mean not that a lot of people don't but a lot of people i know for example and myself too I wasn't really in a scenario where I was living with someone that young and mm -hmm. knew I was going to spend the rest of my life with that person was that ever a thought that it was like too young or, or not really no so <laughs> so I Jacob and I both just turned 24 this summer and like I said we started dating when we were 18 um, my my mom got married when she was 19 almost 20 to my dad who was 23 almost 24 yeah. um so in and and so many of their friends as when we were growing up had also been like also had married their life partner young yeah. like they're still with those people my parents are still together um so in one sense it didn't it, it didn't feel strange because socially i had grown up in a community yeah. that 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 was you know that was just what had happened, yeah. you know, and it didn't, it's not like it was this big deal that no, we focused it ha it on. No, it does happen. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, when you're, even from a young age, like, all of my, like, my parents and my parents' friends were all, all had, you know, kids kind of around the same age, and they were all finished having kids in there by the time they were, before, before they were out of their 30s. Like, my mom yeah. had my little sis, my youngest sister, or my only sister, mm -hmm. uh, but the youngest of the four kids when she was 29, 28 yeah. or 29. Um, so again, you know, you 
grow, we grew up in this kind of community of parents that had married and had children from a young age and kind of, yeah. and just seeing that was a normal sphere for me. But the other thing that I was, and I mentioned this to Jacob when we were driving today, was that I think for me it didn't feel like I was too young because I had decided that this was the man I was going to marry when I was 19. Yeah. You know, and at 19, I, it's, and then Jacob had wanted to wait until he was, you know, we were, and I, I understand the caution, neither of us had much we weren't settled in any yeah. way and not that we needed to be but I I can see where like you know both still living at our parents house like okay well maybe we should at least know what it's like to be an adult yeah. before we go into this yeah for sure um but now at 24 you know it this is the oldest I've ever been in my life and if at 19 I was ready to get married but waited like I was like, well, I've never been older than when I got married. I was yeah. 23, and that's the <laughs> oldest I had ever been. But I had still waited a decent amount of time before I got married in my mind. So it didn't feel like I was... It, and it still doesn't feel like I'm young just because, like, well, I've already waited yeah, so, so for sure. for, in my mind Absolutely. so long to get to this point that I'm at now, married when I was already ready for that yeah. earlier on. So, you know, it's it doesn't... It doesn't feel like I'm too young. Obviously, like, I am younger than <laughs> other people who have gotten married. Um, but I'm also older than, yeah. again, my, both of my parents were older than I was when yeah. I got married. Um, Sophie is also very wise beyond her years. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, And then when you got, when you, he proposed to you, and unfortunately your wedding fell right in the middle of the pandemic, yeah. Sophie. <laughs> for you and the stress that surrounded that because I know stress surrounded that yeah oh yes um so the and honestly the most stressful up until a certain point the stressful part about planning that wedding was we were going to get married in Chattanooga which is my hometown for all intents and purposes Mm -hmm. um and I was in England so my mom was doing a lot of the wedding planning and I was in England which had a five-hour time difference Um, so that caused a little bit of stress just because my mom was having to do so much and I couldn't help her as much yeah because I wasn't physically there and then my mom's got started working full-time for the first time in 25 years right as she was like yes Sophie I'll do this and I was like mom why um and she got that job the I think the week before Chattanooga went into lockdown um in March of 2020 so then that kind of again I was like okay so my wedding planner is now working full-time and uh, I don't think anything is going to be open, yeah. and uh, so that. But then at the same time, you know, we were all very optimistic in February and March that, well, the wedding is in October. We'll be fine. Every yeah. everything will be fine. Obviously, pretty much every almost all of our guests were coming from overseas. It was a small wedding to begin with, but everyone from Jacob's side of the family was either coming from Barbados or from England. Um, and then everyone from my side besides my immediate family was traveling to Chattanooga, f- still from the U.S., but from outside of Chattanooga at least two hours. Yeah. Um, so as we started getting closer and closer and closer, it did, I, I kind of, you know, as I think we all did, realized, 
oh, okay, so this isn't just going away. Mm. I'm going to have to actually deal with the fact that probably most people will not be able to come. And do we need to change the wedding date? What do we, how do we deal with this? Um, the most stressful was within the last month. I was, we had left England. Um, I had gone back to America and Jacob had gone back to Barbados, which we had decided to do that just because we knew that I, America at the time was not accepting anyone from England who wasn't American. So I could go to America. Jacob would have to be in Barbados for at least two weeks mm. before he could come into uh, America because he has the English passport. So he wouldn't have been able to go into America. Um, so we had decided to separate. That was, again, I was like, okay, well, we know how to be long distance. It yeah. still sucked. It was difficult. But we were somewhat accustomed to it. But then I think around August or September, which we got married October 10th, August and September were very stressful because mm. it was, okay, well, we every single one of Jacob's flights was getting canceled. Yeah. I think y'all's flights had been canceled a couple times. Um, we had no idea what was going to happen. I had a very tearful conversation with my parents where it was, my dad was saying, you might just need to go to Barbados and get married there and then we'll have a party for you. And he was like, I really, of course I want to walk you down the aisle, Sophie, but I, I might not be able to. Yeah. And I, he was, he wasn't crying, but he was about to start crying. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, and it was emotional. It was stressful. Uh, Jacob, Jacob's flight that he literally needed to be on to get to America for the wedding, like the week before the wedding, got canceled when they showed up at the airport, and poor guy cannot handle stress <laughs> at all, which I understand, like it was very stressful, yeah. but he, I mean, he was distraught. I was, I was so in over my head, like I don't know how to, I don't know how to fix this. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, you know, it all worked out. The stress, as it always seems, you to. know, and that was and that was exactly what needed to happen. I think. Thing, not everything needs to be easy. Some things have to be hard, so that when you come out the other side, it's you realize, oh, okay, <laughs> if I made it through this, things, a lot of things don't bother me anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I realized because. You know what? That was almost as bad as it could have been. Like, yeah. The whole wedding, you know, there's a lot of people that don't need to be there for the wedding, but the groom is definitely one that needs to be yes. there. <laughs> um, so after that, I was like, you know what? I think I can pretty much handle a lot of stuff now. <laughs> um, but it, it did, you know, it, it definitely, yeah. <laughs> it ended up being perfect. Exactly what? What we needed what and what we wanted. wanted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then... After your wedding, you moved to Barbados once again during the pandemic. And how was that? How What is it like moving from such a big country mm-hmm. to a very, very tiny country, especially and during a pandemic? Yeah, I think, I think, well, for, first of all, it was a much easier trans- transition emotionally for me. Obviously, I was coming with my husband now, I who I knew that I could live with. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, it was a different experience than moving to England and then I also had a support system which was you guys you know outside of Jacob not that I don't love Jacob and he is obviously my main support system but you need other people in your life and moving moving to Barbados I have you know we have 
you and um, your parents and Hayden and I mean literally just like your whole side. Even Hayden's family. And Hayden's as well. family as well. Hayden is my partner, by the way. Yes. For reference. <laughs> Put that in. The, yeah. In the um, but yeah, just ha- having that support system made things so much easier because okay, well, here's people I can talk to face to face that I don't work with, and yeah. I'm not. You know, it's not my mom or my siblings or something who are you know across the Atlantic Ocean. Like I can have in person conversations with people who I love and respect, who love and respect me, and who, you know, just we all support each other. And that made a very big difference where I did not experience the same feelings of loneliness and homesickness that I kind of felt. Because, again, when we moved to England, or when I moved to England, Jacob started school. You were on your own. And I was on my own for for probably the first month or two. I think I, I think I got my first job in England after about a month or two. Mm-hmm. And that obviously helped a little bit. But for the first month, yeah, month or so, Jacob was at university working on a master's degree uh, that was very intense. And I was at home in a country I'd never been to, having to navigate a lot of things for myself. Like, oh my gosh, how do I do these things? Yeah. And it did kind of, I felt very kind of, isolated and I had and I had a lot of homesickness I think because I was I felt so isolated whereas coming here like yes of course I still miss my family my parents my siblings my home you know my hometown the things that I'm used to but it especially the first month or so in Barbados it felt much more like I was just shifting homes as opposed to like literally like I, I felt like an alien almost in um in Amer in England um because it was all so like oh my god how do I how do I just how do I live this existence which just felt so uh, yeah again isolated compared to the yeah. big loud boisterous house and community I'd come from whereas coming to Barbados I had that a little I had that I had a built-in community which definitely helped me yeah um and then obviously coming in during the pandemic shifted things a little bit where, you know, we would be, we could, you know, there are things that happen in Barbados besides like just going to the beach and things that you can't, we, d- we don't have access to. Yeah. Um, your mom and I were talking about that the other day, actually about just like, oh, well, she was telling me like, you know, there's like, we used to have these you know, beach, like, full moon parties and, you know, like, raft ups and all of these things that, like, you know, maybe you go to once and never think about again, but it's, you know, now that they don't exist because of COVID, you feel their absence. And, you know, for me, I hadn't experienced those things because coming, I'd come to Barbados to visit Jacob before, but never anything like, you know, oh, well, we're going to go and specifically and we're gonna do this or this or this and Jacob's a bit of a homebody so those things might not have happened anyway yeah um but yeah you know there was a little bit I think for everybody just in our group that well we have to kind of make a make things for ourselves like we have to kind of create events for ourselves now sure um and I'm because sure everyone can yeah. relate to that, that you do have to make little events that mm-hmm. are fun because you can't do t- tons of stuff with tons of people and tons of friends that you would usually see. There's some friends that I have that I haven't seen since before the pandemic yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it's absolutely right what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely, you know, it, it 
it do, it does kind of shift your perspective of a place. I think you know when when we were in England during the first we were from like you know twenty we were there from you know obviously the start of twenty twenty and then we left. I think the week after the curfew lifted or the the um the lockdown the first lockdown in England ended so it was from like March to early July and we left like the week after that and we were lit you know and it was a very different experience for the first part of the pandemic because nobody really knew what to do nobody was wearing masks because nobody like we didn't nobody really knew what was going what on was, what was going on we just you know Masks weren't available. You couldn't buy toilet paper. You couldn't even get, like trying to buy any cleaning supplies was well and truly out the window. Um, hand sanitizer, things you know, things that we now have and rec like masks and hand sanitizer are the two things that everybody has now. Yeah. Um, and you know, nobody had those. <laughs> if you if you were lucky enough to find those in the store, you'd have to fight somebody over it. Yeah. Um, and it w and it was a very different environment being in England for that process because England, I th just from my perspective as an outsider in England during that experience, it felt very kind of like not I I don't want to say selfish, but people you know people were either like absolutely petrified of everything I remember I was in I was in little doing some grocery shopping and we were still meant to be like you know the two meters apart yeah. from each other and I turned down this aisle to get something and this woman literally like pressed herself up against the side of the aisle and knocked things on the floor because I had like come too close to her and I was there looking at her thinking oh my god <laughs> that's just, I was like I'll I'll leave I'll turn around or you can turn around like yeah. It was, it was, it was just, I was like, gosh, I'm not <laughs> contagious. I don't have COVID, Yeah, you know, but she was very, and a lot of people were like that, just petrified. And then they're on the opposite side of the spectrum. There were people going out in the streets, having these big parties and, you know, I got coughing on each other. God knows yeah. what, like getting really drunk out in neighborhoods and things like that and causing these you know, big kind of super spreader things. Yeah. And I was like, there wasn't much of a middle ground in England yeah. where there, you know, I felt like Jacob and I were very moderate. Like, yeah, we'll keep our distance. We'll be cautious. I'm still going to go out for exercise. I'm not, I have, obviously I still have to go to the grocery store. Um, you know, I'll go to the, I'll go and get a takeaway from a restaurant. I'm not going to, I still want to live. Yeah. But obviously I will be cautious where I can be versus, uh, you know, everybody else rose in, in America, I think it was the same. You had the people that were like absolutely petrified that any trip outside was going, it was like boy in the bubble. Like, yeah. you know, we can't go outside because you will die. Mm -hmm. And then they're on the opposite side of the spectrum, people going around like licking, licking candy bar wrappers uh, and putting them back on the shelf and like, oh my gosh, I know, right? Like complete nonsense like that. Um, and I don't know if for the first part of the pandemic it was like that in Barbados, but when we got here, it felt like life was kind of in that moderate zone where obviously there's going to be fringe movements on either side, but yeah. for the most part I felt like people were, you know, community is a very big part of Barbados because it's so small. Yeah. Um, so when, pe when people had finally finally had the freedom to be able to go out 
and experience life again a little bit more fully than during the first part of the lockdown and pandemic. There were, you know, I people were cautious but still optimistic and yeah. willing and you know willing to make certain sacrifices so that we could still have a community, you know, people wearing wearing the masks whether or not they believed it was as contagious. So, yeah, yeah, and it's it's such a political thing to talk about masks, yeah. but you know, I felt like for if you know, for for most people yes, I'll wear the mask, I'll put the hand sanitizer on when I go places because I know that that allows me to experience life yeah. and to go places and things like that. You know, and in some ways, you know, obviously we did go back into kind of a we went back into a lockdown um after Christmas here, but again, I think that people kind of you know, okay, well, we've lost the freedom, we can get the freedom back and you know, now we are back in that middle ground of okay, people are still people are people. We want to be around people. Uh but we will wear our masks and we'll use the hand yeah. sanitizer and we'll be respectful of the people that are overly cautious um, for health reasons or whatever. Um, and it does feel, it feels more moderate as opposed to when, again, when we were in England and it felt it was like... one extreme to the next. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, you know, again, people want to be around people yeah. very different, not just for, you know, people living by themselves, yeah. but even people in big families, like you're used to being able to go to work and socialize and go out and just even talking to the cashier at the grocery store or the waitress at the restaurant or whatever. You know, people want yeah. to communicate and We're share. We're designed to be like that. Exactly. We, we, we are pack animals. People. We want to talk to people. I mean, some people don't, but yeah. generally, <laughs> generally most people want to have conversation. That's how yeah. we move on. Yeah. So how did you find... I guess socially, you came and you moved here during the pandemic, obviously. How do you find it is making friends and being social here mm -hmm. and stuff? Because it's already so restricted. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't really know anyone even before coming. So mm -hmm. how was that for you? Um, I mean, I definitely... And I, I've never been one to have, like, massive groups of friends. Yeah. I, I'm a very social person, but I like having... I like having people that I can... You know, that I get, like, my, my mom kind of does this, you know, she has her hand in front of her. She says there are people that are here that you share your, your life. Heart yeah, your yeah. heart and your life. And, you know, and they are, they're always going to be your priority. And then there are people on the other side, and they're not any less important to your general life. But you don't share your heart with them. Yeah. It's not wrong or anything, but I have, you know, I have my, like, 10 people that are yeah. that are on the inside that I share everything with and I will always share everything with and they're very important to me and then I have people on the other side that I'm very happy to like let's go out and have drinks let's go and get a coffee let's go to the beach let's go on a walk you know and just to and have a part of my life but we're not necessarily like gonna have these massive heart-to-hearts yeah. and like divulge every single you know, personal aspect of ourselves. Yeah. So I found in Barbados, like, just, you know, going to, like, you know, like, a couple events that I've seen, that I've been invited through on, like, WhatsApp groups and Facebook and things like that. I have found a lot of really sweet people, both expats and, um, to and locals who just, you know, I'm, it's great to go and have, like, a drink with them, a laugh with them, um, you know, go out and 
do whatever and just have you know just to have a little social outing or something like that um and then that kind of fulfills my my social need because I also know that okay well I've got I've got family here you know like you guys the Smiths now are my family so I have family that can be on the inside that for if I need something superficial sounds mean but I mean that I mean superficial not in a in a mean way but you know I know what you mean yeah, yeah you know if I need something that goes deeper than just the superficial conversations that you have with acquaintances then I have family for that you know I have I have people that I can share so I for me personally again I came in with a community I actually do completely understand what you mean about just doing small little social things like going for coffee or just like a beach beach day for two hours Mm -hmm. me more than two hours is enough at the beach (laughs) I get very burnt and the sun and my skin do not (laughs) work together but just getting little bits of seeing my friends and doing those little things together, they're so much more fulfilling than big big parties or yeah. big any huge events that last late into the night. Like I've realized since the since the pandemic and the curfew, I so enjoy the eleven PM curfew. And I've realized that I am not a nighttime person. <laughs> I think I was trying to fight that off for ages, but I really don't do well at night. I'm much more of the morning mm-hmm. into lunch type person, and then it's back home to settle down for the four hours before bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> but that's really good that you've been able to have some of those little mm-hmm. interactions with people. And yeah, and I have found, again, you know, when you're in, when you're in your kind of, home community like when I'm back home in Chattanooga I'm not on Facebook I'm not looking for you know I might I might you know if there's like a some event in town or something then I'm always happy to go to that but I normally hear about those things not through Facebook but through like friends or you know seeing a flyer around town or something and I'm not necessarily looking for like a social outing or something with you know with strangers because I have a I have a community in my hometown yeah Um, Whereas here, I definitely branched out a little bit. I was looking for not just expats, you know, I was like, I've met lots of locals to go, you know, that I've gone and had like a drink with and things like that, that have, you know, not, you know, not just looking for other Americans and things like that. Um, But I did branch out and look for, you know, WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups and things like that, that could just give me a little bit of a social interaction so I could you know I've learned my lesson so I can avoid the you know if any chance that I could fall into that feeling of isolation that I felt when I first moved to England especially during COVID you know now I was like I'm I've done it yeah <laughs> got the t-shirt I don't need to experience that whole thing again and I know how to avoid it yeah and I know what what I need to fill my social quota to fill the needs of communication and human contact um, outside of my inner circle um, and outside of my home with my husband and then also you know just knowing what what type of social interaction that I need do I need a deep meaningful conversation one-on-one or even just you know going with a group of women or something and having like a a meaningful conversation with women which is something that at this point in my life is important for you know depending on the situation I'm in or whatever yeah um 
that's really good that you're self-aware of that and I've never even thought of that before where what do I need right now do I need deeper conversation or not or am I happy with just a bit of mm-hmm. small talk which is fine too they're both necessary in different sure. scenarios but that's really good that you can see how you're feeling yeah. and what you desire from the conversation with the friends so yeah that's really good and I'm glad that you're getting that hair yeah. so <laughs> thank you so much for chatting yes, Sophie. thank you for I really me. loved having you on so thank you any thank last you. words are you good to go <laughs> I'm good to go thank you <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed and I hope that you guys will stay tuned for the next one.